Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K-O hyphen fi.com forward slash alone or you can go to alone with invisible people.com forward slash support us to find out more thank you i am rebecca gallarda the host of alone in a room with invisible people i am here today with author and teacher holly lyle and today's topic is basically how to and tips uh just advice on writing the flash fiction that doesn't suck so from holly's course uh for the halloween episode and we thought we'd go through and mom's going to give me some prompts and i'm going to you know uh come up with some some you know off the top of my head ways in which to put halloween themed um ideas within different genres but holly's also going to kind of go over some flash fiction as well as uh, read two of her stories from Strange Arrivals just so they can kind of give you guys just the feel of the length as well. And also show you, you know, how it has a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, But before we do that, Holly, how was your week? I had a really good writing week this week. I focused on my fiction. Uh, I focused on the second Ohio novel. And I'm now about uh, 7,500 words into it. I got 3,000 words yesterday, which was my objective and which is my objective for the rest of the days that I'm working on. The entire five-book series is 3,000 words a day, five days a week. And uh, yesterday clicked, and I I just had a wonderful time. Yay. Yeah, that was my week. Yeah. Yeah, My week has been taking the um, what was left of, the revisions I probably had starting the week, maybe an inch. And mm-hmm. now I have, I think, a quarter of an inch. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that um, is a sliver. Beautiful. Yeah, roughly. <laughs> it might be a little bit more, but it's it's so much smaller. And yesterday was the, well, actually the last two days was were the tougher ones because that was a major rewrite. It was part of me taking out this um, character, which was a pretty cool in-concept character, but she needed to be saved for another book because I was trying to throw everything at this book. And it's, it's you don't have to do that if you're writing a series. So exactly. I had to pull out some of the different things, and sh- she was a big part of it, but she also had major contributions in two scenes. So I had to take out her contributions and have my main character make contributions, but that fit her because this other character was a unique type of character within Fulton Hills by itself. So I had to find a way for the main character to achieve the same goals, but within her own abilities which is yeah. a lack of magical power 
Yes. So, yeah, that was that was difficult, but um, it was fun. And it, I, I like the ones that are like this challenge because then your muse and your internal editor work together to try to figure things out. But yeah, that 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 I felt like that was a huge um, win. It's also nice to limit the amount of your characters, which is something you go over in uh, how to write a series, I think, and also how to revise your novel. Limiting your characters, and then you you have to figure out the puzzle of how to have the other characters figure out the same things. <laughs> Yes, so, yes. Yeah. You have to figure out in a world with magic how to have someone with no magic succeed. Yeah. And, yeah, and which that's was... a big point of Charlie is that she doesn't have... She accepts that it's there. She knows that it's there. She's obsessed with uh, the paranormal and and the preternormal or preternormal. But she is... Uh, yeah, she, she doesn't have those things for herself. So, yeah, I... I that that part is definitely me. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, let's get into the topic today, which is flash fiction, but for the Halloween episodes. Now, w- one of Holly's stories, the one that I I kind of wanted, I think it's kind of close, but not really to the to the Halloween. The other one is not. It's um, but we're still gonna use these as kind of examples of the flash fiction. So, yeah, they are structural demonstrations of how you do this. And uh, I have a second collection that I have not quite finished putting together yet that would have more Halloween-y type stories, but you don't need the Halloween concept for the stories. You just need to intercept the concept, understand the concept of writing 500-word fiction that has a beginning, a middle, an end, characters, conflict, um, and a resolution. And in in 500 words, that's not the easiest thing to accomplish. Mm -mm. Um, No, it's not, but it's a lot of fun (laughs) when you can actually do it. You feel it's it's that writer's high thing that you feel Mm -hmm. when you solve these problems or figure things out or find words to cut that you didn't need and and you hit that 500 mark. So... um, She's going to read the stories, but then we're also going to go through some prompts for me so that I can show you guys how to take a genre and a vague idea and include a Halloween theme. Okay, the first story here is Time Out. And one of the important things that you have to consider in a 500-word story is that every single word counts, including whatever you title the thing. Um... The title is in a flash fiction story um, integral to being able to tell the story. The story will not be complete without the title, which is frequently the answer to the question asked in the story. But it does not count towards your 500 words. Exactly. Those are the freebies. (laughs) The title is the freebie words. You can go under or you can go over with those. The story itself has to be 500 words or fewer. Um, All right, so I'm going to go ahead and read this story. And the story's title again is Time Out. 94 and fighting pain, Nat nonetheless walked out to investigate the crash behind his house. Dark as hell out there, but he kept going. 
Seventy years in the same house, you know where to find things even in the dark. The alien had been tossed from his ship. The ship was fine. The alien wasn't. Nat touched it, and it opened its eyes. Big-headed thing, scrawny little body. I have seen too much, the alien said inside Nat's head. End me. Don't believe in suicide, Nat told it. Each of us has a time and something to do in it. You're not done yet. What have you done? the alien asked. In your little time, almost ended. What have you done? Wonderful things. Had a wife, daughters, sons, grandkids, great-grandkids. Worked in a steel mill. Made part of the backbone of a country. Walked to the green earth. Grew tomatoes. Smelled snow coming. Saw the first robin in spring. Planted that tree over there the day my girl and I got married. Was just a stick when I planted it, but it'll be here a hundred years after I'm gone, with the two of us always together in it. You've done all of that. In the alien's eyes, he saw wonder. In such a short time. Hasn't been that short, son, Nat said. Ninety-four years is a damn fine run. I'll never die. I have traveled the stars, have watched them born, and have watched them explode. But I go on and on. There is no end of me, and I am tired. Nat was surprised to hear himself say, I'm not, not in the least. He had been tired when he walked out the door, but now he felt hopeful, invigorated. The alien's wounds had healed themselves. It sat up. You have only a few months left. You have cancers all through your body. Not news to me, son, Nat said. If Emily were around, I'd have fought it with everything in me. But she's been gone seven years. Didn't seem much point. The alien stood. He came to the middle of Nat's chest, and Nat had lost six or seven inches from his youthful height of six feet. Scrawny, little bugger. The alien's voice slid through his thoughts. Maybe we could trade. Trade? Shift skins. You take my body and my ship and go live and explore and investigate until you're tired. I'll take your skin, live out the rest of your days, and come to the end of me. Don't believe in suicide, Nat said again. It isn't suicide. It's two men each deciding he would rather carry the other's burden for a while. I'll be done for you. Hugh, be curious for me. It was a good deal. Nat took the alien's hand, slipped from his skin, watched his old body walk back to the place where it would die. He turned toward his new spaceship, suddenly with things yet to do. All right. That, that <clears throat> one was my choice, and I didn't mean to make you emotional. <laughs> I just okay. I just liked it. I, I thought it was, you know, it was cool. That is, yes. Well, that is about being human. And it is about being human, not just in people who wear human skins. It's about the humanity in people who understand life and who value it and who, who can understand the meaning of another person and what that other person might need and how it can be given to them. And that, you know, that's the description is almost as long as the story. <laughs> the question in that story is... How do you how do you decide what your life is and 
at the end of this, at the end of it, you saw it. You know, there was this, this time out where a guy who was dying got a second chance and where a guy who couldn't die got the opportunity to finally quit with while, while not killing himself, while just doing something for somebody else so that somebody else could do something he still wanted to do. And at the same time, it was something that the guy was doing something for him, too, because he was taking on that eternity. And the alien finally got to rest, basically. Yeah, Yeah, that he he was set free from a burden that he couldn't escape and that he no longer wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, two men trading places and each of them carrying the other's load for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I like the story. I like the old guy. I like the, the alien, obviously. I'm, you know, I like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was, and it it feels bigger than 500 words, which is why I wanted you to read that one. To mm-hmm. me, that one really felt like there was a lot there. It, it, it had a decent amount of impact for such a very short story. That one had a lot of a philosophy that I first picked up from reading Clifford Simak, who was a science fiction writer in the, I'm going to say 40s, 50s, and 60s. But, you know, he was, he got in at the beginning of science fiction. And his view of the universe was that no matter what skin you were wearing, we were all people. Mm-hmm. And you could, if if you're dealing with another intelligence, with someone who is capable of communicating with you, you're going to find ways to be people together. I loved him for that. I, I fucking loved him because there were so many books about evil aliens conquering Earth and, you know, and enslaving yeah. everybody. And, and, and Simak, he had these old uh, Yankee North, Northeasterners um, sitting and dickering with aliens and doing Yankee trades and... Um, because I think he was from Massachusetts or Maine or, you know, somewhere way up in the, the cold Northeast. And, and he was, it, he was just this old, the, his characters were generally these guys who were nobody important, nobody special. They were just guys and they were guys who had dogs and they were guys who, who met creatures and just treated them like other people and figured out ways um, one of my favorite stories of his was figuring out the value of selling paint. The the concept of paint to an alien who wanted to trade something, and he traded the idea of paint. <laughs> and it was it was just very human. Well, I like the fact that it was also like if you're saying he was like forties, fifties, you're you're looking at science fiction at the time where it it was incredibly like there was this this in intense version of you know if you're in sci-fi that the aliens are always like the the, either the bad guys or they're you know that you can't communicate with them and Mm -hmm. it's it's like there was just this feel to them and it it was about the exploration and the fights and the and the, Mm -hmm. the you know some of the science and stuff but then you look at that and that was an incredibly unique perspective to have yeah. in basically what is the boom of the, right. the, the sci-fi. Right. 
and he he was this he was this different voice and you know i mean i i loved all of them i loved the other stuff too mm-hmm. but this was this spoke to me as a human being it made me see that no matter the skin no matter the shape being human comes first caring about the other guy trying to find a way to help each other and that 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 shaped my life man you know, Clifford yeah. Simak was a <laughs> an enormous influence, not just on my writing, but on my life. Now, once again, what I'm looking at here is another 500-word story. The tone of this one is very, very different, and so is the philosophy behind it. And remember, again, um, there is a question. There is a... every Every flash fiction story has a question, and we're going to discuss the question here after I read the story. Every flash fiction title is essential to the understanding of the story. So, with that said, this is The Princess's Coconuts. From the high tower, the princess surveyed rolling verdant terrain below. She finally conceded that no prince was coming to rescue her. Hell, no dragon was coming to devour her either. And next to the snake-souled cardinal who'd kidnapped her, even that fate would have been a step up. With Plan 1, Get Rescued, a non-starter, and the outcome of Plan 2, Get Sacrificed, less than optimal even if she could lure a dragon in, she decided to surrender. They don't make princesses like they used to. The next time the guard brought her a meal, she said, Tell His Holiness I shall give him my lands, titles, chattel, and virtue but I must be able to do it while looking my best. I'm going to need supplies. She handed him her list. It was a very long list. He read it, which a gentleman would never do, but he was a guard. Soap, sure, but 100 candles? I haven't waxed in months. Give me a break. 50 pounds of rice paper, 200 cow hooves? You do not want to delve into a woman's beauty secrets, she told him. Charcoal? Hot water for the bath. What the hell are coconuts? She gave him a hard look. The guard got the message and left. The princess waited. While summer became autumn, her guard brought her supplies daily, from a wash tub to cones of cotton string to bottles of yak urine to sacred egg stone purification powder. Only when the last items arrived did the princess set to work. Snow covered the land when she finally slipped into the wash tub and took her bath in heated coconut milk. And when she walked into the presence of the cardinal, followed by the cardinal's loyal guards carrying the many gifts she'd made for him, she was stunning. Her fiery red hair flowed to the floor, and when she shed her silk robe and stood naked in front of his holiness and all his knights and lords, present by her request, her pink, freshly waxed skin gleamed. A room full of men inhaled as one. This contract binds our two lands, she said, and as the cardinal signed it, his eyes focused well below her face. She rolled the contract and placed it in a little tube that hung between her flawless bare breasts. This rice paper armor symbolizes my virginity, which I guard for you, she said, and put it on. These coconut lanterns light the ends of the earth we shall conquer together, she said, and the cardinal's blood guard handed one to each nobleman. Lastly, the cardinal, 
being careful not to bend the waxed stiffened cotton wicks or snuff out the hissing flames. Her coconut grenades rocked. The princess alone, protected by fifty pounds of cow-glue-stiffened rice-paper armor, survived. Her guard joined her. She shed the armor, kissed him, naked, surrendered to him, whispered, Like my coconuts? They don't make princesses like they used to. All right, and that title of that story plays on the wordplay of the princess's coconuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of which was obviously a boob joke, and the other was the coconut grenade she made and wiped out her enemies. Yeah. Uh, and that is why they don't make princesses like they used to, because generally the job of a princess in the story was to stand and scream or be eaten by a dragon or not be eaten by a dragon but be rescued by a prince. And this chick said, mm, I don't think so. And uh, <laughs> this, this story took me some research, too. Cause it sounded like it, it sounded like you had to research into all the materials and whatnot. Yep, yep, yep. Yakstone, the the uh, sulfur and um, the the things that all the saltpeter and all the stuff you make gunpowder with, mm-hmm. and uh, how you actually build a grenade. What kind of coconut would actually work for that? You know, what kind of of a fuse you'd have to make? Um, you know, <laughs> and, um, and it was fun research. And, it, it, you know, the, the fun ending there was blowing up all the bad guys and her getting her guy. Yeah. And, you know, and he wasn't a prince. He was a guard, but she didn't care about that. Yeah. 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 I, I like that story. It's it's definitely, um, it, I, I don't, I, I see it as this kind of just like, fuck you to the past. <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's. There's so much history and it's fascinating and you read these stories and I, I like all kinds of stories, but I like to see the woman actively saving herself and mm-hmm. actively, you know, intelligent and strong and, and like she knew how to make grenades. She knew how to make armor. She, she was, she was a tough bitch and I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she was she was fun to write. That was the story that I ended the collection with. Um, the collection, by the way, is uh, titled "Strange Arrivals." Yeah, "Strange Arrivals." Thank you. Um, and it's it used the uh, how to write flash fiction class. I used it. I did the worksheets. I did the entire process to write the 10 stories that are in that book, that, that little collection. It's, it's not really a book. It's a bookish. Yeah. Um, Cause just, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, it fits the, the feeling of ebook, you know, yeah. but it's, it's up in uh, the Amazon shop. If you guys are interested in 99 cents and the rest of the stories are pretty cool too. I, I liked all of them. Uh, the one that mom was going to read uh, originally instead of the one that I picked was women are like chocolate, but she's read that one before. And it was, mm-hmm. it's, it's also, in I think a couple of her classes and stuff so I wanted the 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 alien one because she I don't remember her reading that one that one so I wanted that one but yeah these are just examples of what you guys can create uh, from that now what was the question what started you off on the princess's coconuts okay the question with her was this I started out by making a statement they don't make princesses like they used to 
Okay, so that is the question. How did they make princesses? Well, they used to make princesses by making them weak victims. So to flip the expectation they don't make princesses like they used to, she couldn't be a weak victim. She had to save her own ass, and that's what she did. Yeah. Yeah, now there are a lot of stories out there where you can read, and there are some incredibly tough uh, female princesses or oh, female yeah. characters. George R. R. Martin is is very, very awesome with his strong and weak characters, and a lot of the females are badasses. So it's it's, but you know, there is this 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 very frustrating undercurrent of women as needing to be saved uh, in a lot of the fiction, and even if. Even in Leaving Wanda Lucia, while all she wanted in her life due to her past was to have a strong family unit, was to have someone to live with, you know, like, uh, you know, if she wanted to get married, a husband and kids and stuff. That's all she wanted was just this nice big family she could rely on. She didn't end up getting saved. She saved herself. And actually, she ended up saving the love interest as well. Just because I got so frustrated reading all these romances <laughs> where the guy is the one that ends up saving it. And these mm-hmm. aren't even from the 70s, 80s, or 90s. These are these are no. things written today. And I don't, it, you know, I will still read something where the man saves a woman and that's fine. A lot of um, uh, Dean Koontz's stuff is, you know, guys saving the girls. Yeah. And that is one option of a way that the shit happens in life. I just like it when the women save themselves as well yeah well you know and i think it's important to point out too in this story that she didn't save herself alone she had the help of a guy who brought her the shit that she wanted and who she apparently kind of let in on the gig um as she was going and uh then they went they rode off together happily into the sunset I know that the majority of what people need to do is within the flash fiction course itself, which by the way, guys, you need, if you haven't taken that yet and you want to submit to the flat, to the Halloween episodes, we're going to be opening the, well, by the time this is live, it will be open September 1st to October 1st is the submission timeline. You have to get it in. It's not first come first serve. Nothing like that. But if you get something in early and it gets rejected, you can always fix it and return it or try another one. Yeah, because we will give you feedback. Yeah. If it's yeah, if it's close enough, like if it's not even close to the mark, we'll just have to tell you, please go take the flash fiction course. Yes. But it's we have a very, very targeted idea of what we can do and we need all of these stories to to fit that that format because we're looking at including a lot of them in these episodes so they they really do have to fit the format yes yes i mean we had we had to do a two-parter last year i would love to be able to do a two-parter again this year yeah uh, to have enough stories that all three of us mark and becky and me could just just do a ton of these things and and do the voices and do all of the stupid stuff that I do (laughs) yeah and it's just you have to follow the the 
the format and everything. So anyway, the, the, the idea is everything is in there that will show you what you need to do in order to really achieve this. But like Holly said, one, one question, um, limit the amount of characters that you have, mm -hmm. limit the amount of scene changes. You really want to focus on just, I mean, you could see that between the two stories Holly had, the way that she transitioned time within the coconuts was the mention of the seasons. It was very subtle, um, you know, something about spring into or summer into fall, and then that there was snow on the ground by the time she was ready. So those simple things show you a timeline. With the first story, it was all in the same moment, basically. Mm -hmm. It was a very fast interaction, but it was very meaningful. So what would you say is your number one tip for writing the, the fan or the flash fiction that is going to have an impact? Okay. It's you have to find the character who has the most to lose and the most to gain and write from that perspective. And you have to ask a question that gives that character something meaning, meaningful to you to shoot for. So these stories have to, first off, they have to matter to you. You have to pull from your own life things that are important to you, that are meaningful, um, pain that you have suffered, losses, um, loves, fears. This is, this, to get a good, meaningful story in 500 words, it has to first really matter to you. And in both of these, I've kind of explained why these two stories mattered to me, where I was drawing from in getting, um, you know, two, two creatures who aren't both people but are both human, um, and uh, a woman who, with the help of a good guy, manages to conquer a, an evil that intended to destroy her. Yeah, then, you know, those are... if you're looking at Halloween stories, if, if it, again, like we said, and we're going to show some examples of this real, real, just in just a few minutes, but it's, you don't, you want to put the story first, and Halloween is just the timeline. So Halloween is just an event happening around the story. Obviously, yes. if it's a scary story, if it's a spooky story, a ghost story, anything like that, you don't have to have a Halloween. It would be neat if you did. But a scary story uh, automatically counts as part of Halloween. But any other genre, you, you need to work Halloween in some way. And really don't look at that as like a negative because this is this is just one of those limitations that you have to hit to, 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 to get into a contest because that's basically what we're kind of doing is is showing you how other publications work you know it's right. like this is this is the guidelines and again we will have them up on the blog for the 2020 so go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com and on the right hand corner just scroll down a little bit and you'll see the the 2020 halloween post but it it's it's like any other publication. This is what we want. This is what you need to include. And, mm -hmm. you know, get it to us by this date. 
And we are only going to accept and perform the best stories. Yeah. So, so, and I mean, we had a hell of a lot of really good stories because A, it is a pretty good class and P, people used it and they wrote from the heart and they, they really tore into their skills and, and, uh, a lot of people had a lot of fun too. It's not really hard work for everybody. You might start this off and find out that you love writing flash fiction and it comes easy and it, and it sounds great and you get approved and cause some people don't find short stories to be the issue. Some people find longer stories to be their, their issue. So Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely just have fun, give it a shot, try it out. But, and I'm, this is, I promise this is the last time I'm going to say it. Please, for our sake, for your sake, take the course. I know that I'm going to get submissions from people who think they know better and are just going to submit a 500 word story. Mm -hmm. A slice of life. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or a pointless, like, like we had a couple last year that they they were stories sort of but there was nothing in them that mattered right nothing at all there was no question to be answered there was no and we we really want to be able to publish everybody i hate rejecting people Mm -hmm. i i i hate it but if it doesn't match it's not getting in right and and for this contest Okay, yeah, contest. Um, it has to have a meaningful twist ending that we will absolutely reject anything that doesn't. Yes. So, and I teach how to do exactly what I have done in those stories in that class, but it does take three weeks, and you pretty much, if you haven't taken it yet, you pretty much have to start now. Yeah. Because it does take three weeks. Now, you if- get one lesson a week. If you and, are already a member in the forums, then you already have it for free, whether or not you've taken it. So then you can just go in there and, and take a look at it. And it should all be available depending right. on when you joined. But if you have not joined the hollyswritingclasses.com, um, again, it's a free account. You, got, you don't get any emails, like spammy emails. The only emails nope. that you would get is um, if you signed up for the email notifications for the Flash Fiction course. But it's... And, and twist does not necessarily mean what you think it means. So really take a look. You can go back Again. into our different PAX episodes that where we explain all the parts of the sentence, including the twist. But it, it's just we really, really want everybody to be able to submit. And I also want to point out, if we write back and say... Something along the lines of, we really appreciate this submission, but here's why we can't publish it. And we list out what it is that is missing. As long as it's not September 30, 30th that I that I send this to you, because remember the last day is October 1st. You feel free to revise it. Please, for God's sakes, don't take this personally. This is not a personal attack on you. This is a couple of writers seeing a problem within the story and offering the solution to the writer who wrote it and giving them another chance to get within the contest. Because 
again, we don't want to reject anybody. We want to have your stories in there. And it's just like any other writer's group. There are things that you might not be able to see because you are too close to the subject and other people can see it. So it's not, yeah. it's not, you know, being a jerk or being critical. It is offering opinion on how to fix something. Right. Right. And you are free to not take it, but we are also free to not publish it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And we want to publish the stories. We, we get a kick out of it. This is our favorite episode of the year, invariably. So, so what, uh, as far as the genres and prompts? Okay. Um, let's start with romance because it is, <laughs> it, it seems very difficult to write a 500 word romance. Okay. And the prompt is candy. Okay. So, I okay, immediately my mind goes to the name of the story is Candy. Her name is Candy. And this is, so there's going to be a Halloween party. There is a guy that she really, really adores. And there is a guy that likes her the guy that she adores is a jerk <laughs> so there oh let me see the halloween party is at the house of the the, the jerk and i guess the other guy is his roommate and he really really likes her he thinks she's smart he thinks everything about her you know so i would say that the question oh god halloween candy would be the title of the the story and and she is she is that you know that's mm -hmm. it haha <laughs> it's funny it's play on words um but <laughs> no like i had to explain that to a bunch of writers um <laughs> but yeah i think that the question is for for me the the fun is how to show her that the one she likes is a total tool and the one that she thinks doesn't like her because he's gruff and indifferent is actually someone she might want to be with. Yeah. You know, weirdly, as you were, you were coming up with your idea, I came up with one too. So I'm going to just dump it out here. My title would be In the Bag. And... Again, focused on candy, focused on romance, focused again on a woman and two men. Um, and she is given a, a little candy wish. And she wishes to find the guy who truly loves her. And the wish has a backfire in that the guy who truly loves her, she gets. And the guy that she loved is turned into a piece of candy and ends up in the bag. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> the evil guy? Oh, you the said e it was evil? You didn't say it was yes. evil. The one He's she the... loved is evil? Yeah, the one that she had the crush on that, that she wanted was evil. And the one who loved her was the one she got. But the one that the, the spell was would use the power of the one to make her love the other and would throw the evil one into the bag and when she eats the when she takes the piece of candy out of the bag and eats it she falls in love with the guy who's right for her. 
So she eats the the evil guy and falls in love with the one who is who is right for her. I, I'm good cool. at horror. You what? <laughs> I'm I'm good at horror. <laughs> oh, I don't really see that as horror. I see that as just dark humor. Maybe it should be from the point of the view of the guy who turns gets turned into a piece of candy. Oh God! No, I like that though. That's 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 cool. Yeah. yeah. So what's the next prompt? Okay, the next prompt is history or historical. Okay, that's the genre, and the um, the thing is dancing. Okay, I I like the idea of okay so. I'm going to go back, uh, not too far, but, um, it's also going to be around one of the, uh, religions that doesn't allow dancing. I think Presbyterian doesn't allow music or dancing. No, not, not current Presbyterian anyway. They might not have at one time, but, uh, they're, they're pretty mellow at this point. Okay. Well, um, I know Paul was a Presbyterian, and I think, I think at one point he was that they were anti-music. But I might be, I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna go with a. It, it's all Hallow's Eve, and it's maybe 1900s, um, where you know, or mid, early 1900s before Nanny was born. So before 1920. <laughs> okay. My grandmother's very old. Um, so, yeah, before then, and uh, let me see. There is a group of kids that like to create music. Um, but that's hush-hush, obviously, because I, maybe it's the whole town of Footloose, but in the 1920s or something, oh, you know, there's no music, there's no... <laughs> There's no dancing. None of that is allowed. It's very Puritan. And see, and I keep trying to fight my brain because it wants to put this in Fault Night. It's, it's because the <laughs> Fault Nights are very, very, you know, Puritan, no music, no dancing, no, no celebration. Right. Um, but yeah, so they, they have to hide. <laughs> so yeah, it's okay, fine. It's in Fulton Hills because my brain won't stop. So th- this... <laughs> This group of Fault Knights has to hide. So they, they basically leave the Fault Knight land through a little space where they always sneak out. And um, they they just kind of find this little area. But they, what they don't know is that land has magical properties because they're so close to the king, the Lotsadu kingdom that they accidentally get onto one of the segments of land that has these very magical properties. So I would say that their music and land mixture, the music and magic mixture is going to create something, um, especially with the fact that it is Halloween, which is when your when the veil between worlds is so very thin. And I think that in Fulton Hills, it, it's, gonna be what (laughs) it would be gone because that place already has heavy magic yeah and a lot of ghosts and all this stuff so i think that it it would it and i don't have an end to this one because i i would like to explore where that goes i'd want to find out what happens but Mm -hmm. i do like the idea 
that the Fultonites who can't dance, who can't play music, these teenagers are sneaking out to do both things and end up on magical land by accident and end up causing something on Halloween. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that too. Okay. You want to do one more? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's go with humor. Okay. Humor. Okay. Um, and... <laughs> okay. Here, this is weird and twisty. Let's go with humor and rebirth. Rebirth means something different. Rebirth can mean what you want it to mean. Okay. okay. Well, I was going to say, no, I mean, in, in Fulton Hills, there are the reborn, um, which actually... Uh, For me, rebirth is starting over. No, I know what um, you mean. I know. But, okay. But no, yeah, but... The, there's in Fault Nights, and, and this is actually in the first book, there's a mention of the Reborns. And the Reborn, uh, the Fault Nights version of ghosts, but they, oh. they see ghosts as all the same type. The, basically, the way that their religion works is if you don't live a pure, true Fault Night life, you can't live forever in the um, holy territory you end up living forever as a reborn as a ghost that is forced to haunt the earth for e eternity okay so i can see some humor in this where there is the fault night lands and you know one of the husbands <laughs> has has died um and he is haunting his wife and nagging the hell out of her and just bothering her the same the same little ways that Tony would bother me complaining about the way that you know like his his food he eats it he enjoys it but he's so freaking anal retentive and picky <laughs> so the ghosts would be doing those kind of things. And so that, that would be the rebirth part of it. And the, the humor would, I mean, the fact that she lived <laughs> with this guy for so long, mm -hmm. he died, which was sad. She wanted him back. And when she brought him back, he continued to do all of the things that drove her nuts when they were married. When she, she finds a way to, to banish yeah. him she can't the whole the whole i think the whole ending like she's lost him and she's sad and she wants him back and she misses him and it is this rose-colored view in her mind of what he used to be and then somehow when he does actually return he's a re he, you know as a reborn she's scared at first because they have this very very specific view of the quote reborns mm -hmm. this proves the vault knight's view of the reborns are wrong but it also shows that when somebody dies you get this rose-colored view of them because you miss them so much but then they return and they show you all the other stupid things that they did <laughs> it's like okay I, I just like that 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 is a part of it he'd also be nice i'm sure you know when when they first well, sees yeah. her it'd be kind of a romantic feel and oh i love you oh i miss you why haven't you vacuumed <laughs> Yeah, I I kept this floor, I kept this floor clean for fifty years. I die, and it's been two weeks, and you haven't vacuumed or mopped. 
I, I could see the ghost being like that. <laughs> um. So what you're looking at again here is asking a question. Well, you know, what happens if this guy she loves comes back? It, and and it happens to the person that is the worst possible person for it to happen to because she has this deep religious belief about what this would mean. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, what would it mean to her? And, and yeah, so that's a really good idea for a flash fiction story because the question is, go ahead. No, no I was just laughing because what you, what you said made it even better because to them the reborns are the people who didn't live the pure... Uh, fault night life so when mm-hmm. he when he comes back she's petrified she thinks he was a sinner she thinks he's damned to eternal you know walking of the earth and that's how that would start for her and by the end of it she would be very very different in her opinion of her husband's ghost <laughs> and probably of her religion yeah yeah. This is going to, yes. Well, and so you've got. It's a, a subtle can, take on religion and, and how much, you know, maybe they don't know everything, you know? Yeah. Yes. That, that there is, there could be some sort of hope for her that what happened, that he's not horrible. He's not suffering. He's not in pain. He's with her. You know, that could be a romantic story as well as funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I would highlight the, the funny parts um, more. But it's just, it's, it's, it it really is a play on my, my relationship with my husband. I love him to death. I really do. He's my favorite, favorite human, you know, but oh my God, is he annoying? (laughs) I think I would even put a part of her in there where she is shopping and she has told him that he has to remain invisible because the... She doesn't want everybody else to know he's reborn and freak out, and and he's fine with that. But while she's shopping, he still shoves her cart into something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just like if you guys have listened to previous episodes, you know Tony likes to try to all of a sudden surprise shove the cart uh, towards something, and I have to save it real quick. He's my personal bully. He is my karma for the way I treated Mark. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, I I really like that story. And hell, I mean, I might end up writing these because I wanted to do flash fiction for the uh, for the for the worlds of within Fulton County anyway. Right. So before we get to the takeaway, I just wanted to remind you guys uh, again, Halloween episode. This whole episode has been trying to help you guys kind of come up with some stuff. If you're still having questions, we will have a thread in the podcast form for this episode, just like every other episode. But throw in your problems. Tell us what you're having an issue with. And while Holly has been a little bit more inactive on the forums because she is intensely into her writing, and right now I'm actually intensely into my revision because I want to get this to my bug hunters yesterday, um, there is still a chance that we will come in and see her issue and answer it. There is um, also tons, there are tons of other writers in there that can help out and they have different processes than us and they might be able to help you out better than even we can. So if you have a question, if you're having an issue, if you're taking the course and and you're not sure what you're supposed to do, go into the forums, go into the flash fiction forums, ask people, you know, talk about what you're creating and what problems you're having and you will find somebody out there 
probably more than one somebody who is willing to to kind of throw their own ideas and process at you to see what they can shake loose for you. Um, if you would like to support the podcast, you know, go to alone with invisible people forward slash support us to find out how you can. And also we do have a coffee account It is ko ficom forward slash alone. And you can support, you know, the podcast and, and we really, really appreciate every single person who has, you know, bought through the affiliate links, bought Holly's courses, bought Holly's fiction, uh, you know, supported us with three or six dollars or nine dollars whatever it is or even a couple of people that have gone to the drop down the menu on the alone with invisible people page where there's the you know five ten and fifteen dollar option it, it it means the world because you guys are helping us pay for the for the podcast so i appreciate it um holly what is the takeaway for this episode the takeaway here is that this is the absolute quickest, easiest way to start writing fiction that you finish. And in order to have a writing career, you have to do three things. You have to start the story, you have to finish the story, and you have to revise the story. And in this little three-week class, you will be doing 10, 11 stories, um, depending on whether you want to do like a 10-story uh 99 cent or dollar 99 book and a free giveaway for a mailing list or you know whatever this is the very shortest fastest quickest way to fail quickly and fail to success because everybody fails the people who keep at it are the ones who succeed yeah you can't succeed without failing first i mean no, you, you, you have can't. to you have to get through all the sucky parts you have to, it's the same thing with painting and drawing. You have to learn how not to suck first. So yes. it's just. Yes. And this is that. This yeah. is that for free, for fast, with a place where if you, if you really dig in and you get a story out of the whole process that you love, you submit it. And, it, you know, it, if it hits the guidelines, we'll perform it. Yeah. And yes, and you still retain all rights, so excluding the right to that one performance. Mm -hmm. um, so you can put it in your your stuff and and or sell it to, to sites that pay for flash fiction, and there are some, or yeah, you know, whatever. And and again, you can always if you do an entire you know story like or an entire ebook, the full ten or eleven that you do, you can always submit that and and even mention in, in the credits which story was was originally published on the podcast and yeah. and link back to the podcast so that people can listen to the performance of your story yeah you can you can time stamp it too we're not going to give time stamps because dear god i don't have enough time for that no. but um <laughs> you know you can always you can always figure out what time stamp it was and and let people know when your story comes up too but i would also suggest putting in there but listen to the rest of the stories because they're awesome i mean everybody everybody's stories the last two years have been really great we'll we'll link yeah. them in the show notes again if you have not heard them please go listen to them they're very they can give you inspiration or they can just give you a fun time and and also therefore they were a lot of our guys first publication mm -hmm. yeah uh, I, I think actually most of them were a a first actual publication credit and and guys this is real publication this is you know this counts as as a credit for you 
Yeah. I mean, it's not going to count for SIFWA. (laughs) It's not because you have to make a certain amount of money. So um, that has been our episode. We hope that this has helped inspire you, um, show you a couple of different ways that you can go about it, show you all you need is a genre and a prompt word or an idea or something that that I mean even you don't even need that I mean if you have an idea but it, but you build those on the worksheet yeah. in the class you build your prompts yeah you uh, I didn't so, remember that you mentioned those that you pull out a genre and a prompt word it's well it's you build prompts they aren't necessarily done that way yeah yeah they're they're very different but but that this was just to show you how easy it is to come up with ideas because ideas aren't aren't the magic part. The writing, the no. doing is the magic part. Exactly. Ideas are cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We love you guys so much. And we cannot wait to speak to you next week, Holly. Yeah. And start reading your stories. Uh, and just just believe in yourself. Throw yourself into this and know that, honest to God, you can do this. You can do this. And just kind of hold that in your head and do it. 